Tuesdays. It's 7 o'clock at night. That's right, 1900 hours. And you're listening to the Polo Sargero Show, where the heat is on and we educate our community through interviews with professionals. Welcome back, welcome back, folks, for another episode of the Paulo Salguero Show. I'm your host, Paulo Salguero, and uh, today uh, our first guest uh, canceled. They had uh, it was supposed to be Senator Paul Feeney. Um, I think he, he has a fundraiser going on, so he couldn't make uh, the seven to eight o'clock interview. Uh, but from eight to nine, we're gonna have um, Heather Rockwood, who is actually the co-director uh, of the. Uh, the Jewelry City, um, the Steampunk Festival that's happening in Attleboro uh, this month. So we're going to have her in studio. She's going to talk about uh, the festival, what it is, uh, what Steampunk actually is, how it all started. And uh, so we'll talk about that later on. She'll be here um, be- uh, between 8 and 9 o'clock. Uh, we have the entire hour set up for her. And it's, so it's a cool event. It's pretty interesting. The Steampunk uh, in general is a... Uh, Kind of a creative movement that's, uh, you know, taking off. And so it's been in Attleboro, I think this may be the third year or so. So she'll be in. We're going to talk about that. Uh, for the first uh, half of the show, we're going to do dedications, requests uh, from people. I'm also going to talk. There's a few birthdays I'd like to mention. Uh, a couple of events that happen are happening in Attleboro. A uh, couple, uh, you know, uh, this day in history events that I will mention. Uh, but first, uh, you know, for our guests, for our, our listeners in Florida, hope, uh, hope everyone is safe and sound. Um, you know, we, they've had the Hurricane Michael pass by, and I was doing, I was looking up online, uh, what's the situation like so far? And uh, as of 6.20 p.m., the search and rescue operations actually have begun in Florida. Uh, the governor, uh, Rick Scott, uh, in the evening said, quote, we're turning 100% of our focus on search and rescue and recovery, he said. So it's amazing. that It's already starting the search and rescue 620. So our hearts uh, and prayers go out to those in Florida, and hopefully everyone uh, stays safe. Uh, and best of luck. So uh, a couple events that are happening in Attleboro. Um, we, there, the, the October 13th, uh, the Attleboro Fire Department Open House. Uh, the City of Attleboro Fire Department and the Professional Firefighters of Attleboro Local 848 welcomes local families uh, to an open house on Saturday, October 13th, from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. at the South Adler Fire Station, which is uh, located at 1476 West Street, South Adler, Massachusetts. The The event is actually sponsored by Papa, uh, Papa Gino's, and it's aimed at teaching families fire safety and prevention practices as it's Fire Prevention Month, uh, National Fire Safety Month, which is October. And so participants will receive safety tips such as stop, drop, and roll, learn how to plan escape routes, uh, how, to, how to crawl safely through a smoke-filled room. In addition to Papa Gino's, the Admiral-based uh, pizza chain will provide free pizza and children's fire safety coloring sheets at the open house. F- free pizza, folks. That's free pizza. You know, I love pizza. I eat it a lot, maybe a little bit more than I should. But I love it. So uh, that's going to be October 13th, Saturday, from, uh, again, 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. It should be a great event. It's a, you know, it's a good chance for the, you know, the children of Attleboro and families to meet some firefighters, learn some fire safety tips, and uh, just be involved in the community. Um, I'd like to do some birthdays. Today is October 10th, which means... It is my little brother Sean Salguero's birthday today. Happy birthday, Sean. Sean's 19. He's a senior at Attleboro High. 
Uh, he'll be graduating uh, this year. And so happy birthday to Sean. He's out there working right now, so I'm not sure if he's listening, but we'll play a song for him afterward and, uh, and continue the show, obviously. <laughs> but all right, uh, let's see. Uh, also, Brett Favre. Former Green Bay Packer, and also he actually started. Brett Favre was actually born today, 1969. Uh, you know, Hall of Fame quarterback. You know, 11 Pro Bowls, uh, one Super Bowl, one. He's actually currently third for all-time career passing yards uh, with 71,838 yards. He was recently passed by one of my favorite quarterbacks, and who I always say is the greatest of all time. And that's Drew Brees. Drew Brees just be- over the, the weekend became the, the leading career passing yards quarterback. He has uh, 700, uh, sorry, 72,103 yards this year thus far, and he's on track to continue. He's also on track to get five, over 500 uh, t- touchdown passes this year as well. Uh, but Brett Favre, 1969. Uh, Brett Favre was actually drafted by the Atlanta Falcons. Yes, the Atlanta Falcons actually drafted Brett Favre. That was his first team. Uh, he actually played uh, Southern Mississippi uh, for college, and it, it's funny because I was I was watching a documentary once, and he said he got he was accidentally drafted. Yeah, accidentally. the The coach met up with him, and uh, the coach says, uh, "Who are you?" He goes, "You know, Brett Favre." And the coach goes, "Where do you play?" He goes, "Oh, Southern Miss." He was like, "Ah, we wanted the Mississippi guy." So it's, uh, you know, it was a mistake, but, you know, Brett Favre's career panned out. He's a Hall of Famer and whatnot. But he's interesting story, interesting story about Brett Favre. He, um, the documentary on him is quite uh, nicely done. It talks a lot about his life. He was had trouble with alcohol and, and whatnot, and he actually, when he got drafted by the Atlanta Falcons, he actually missed his team photo because he was hungover. Yeah. It was. Uh, this is all in the documentary too. It's not uh, nothing secret or anything. He comes out and says it all, but he all he missed the team photo. And I believe it's funny because he made a joke that his first uh, pass in the NFL was going to be a touchdown. It was actually an intercept that was uh, intercepted football that was actually run back for a touchdown. And uh, he told the coach, "Yeah, I told you it'd be a touchdown." You know, he never said what team was going to score it, but it, it was a. It's a funny story. It's a great documentary. They do. Uh, he might. It might. I don't. I can't remember if it was a thirty for thirty that was done on him, or if it was a football life, which is a great show as well. That's on uh, TV and and other uh, sports. Uh, baseball. The Red Sox. Yes, the Red Sox are continuing on. We're on to Houston. We're on to Houston. Okay. See you later, Yankees. You know, we, not, enough of that. You know, I, I don't like, uh, I'm su- I have a little bit of superstitions. I don't like to just, dis- I, don't, I don't like to, let's see, I don't like to trash talk, uh, so to say, uh, during the playoffs just because, you know, I don't want to jinx the Sox. They're great. They're doing, you know, it, we're on to Houston. That, that's all I'm going to say. We're on to Houston. And the next game is going to be the 13th as well. And that's going to be at 8.09 p.m. that evening, 8 o'clock at night, uh, the Red Sox. The Astros will actually play in Fenway. Uh, Fenway, have, we have the uh, home field advantage. Uh, another, not, again, staying with sports, uh, for the New England Patriots at 8 o'clock, uh, 8.20. It will be uh, you know Sunday, and that's going to be uh, the Kansas City Chiefs at New England. 
They will play at New England. And uh, Kansas City, I believe, is still undefeated. They're still an undefeated team, and they're trying to stay undefeated, uh, I would hope. And the Pats are going to try and uh, win, obviously, and ruin their undefeated uh, record thus far. But uh, they have a great quarterback, Pat Mahomes, uh, that's doing really well this this year. So kudos to him. But, yeah, and we're also going to later on, we're going to talk about some history on this day in history. It's specific there's some some cool things that actually happen and and whatnot but so we're gonna we're gonna take a quick break and we're gonna play some music too you know it being the red sox uh continuing on to houston and, and towards the, the world series i'm gonna play a couple theme songs that are known for the red sox and uh you know we'll go on to our history afterwards and, and so stick around we're gonna talk with uh heather rockwood again who's the co-director of the jewelry city fest uh, steampunk festival in attleboro she'll be in from eight to nine so we'll talk with her at eight o'clock but uh for now we're gonna take a quick break and then i'll go right into the music right after that so uh from our break we'll just go right into the song so stick around we'll be right back after these messages On October 30th at 6.30 p.m., the Center for Reconciliation will host The Hidden History of the Second Amendment, a presentation by Carl T. Bogus at Cathedral of St. John, located at 271 North Main Street in Providence. This is a free discussion on the history of the Second Amendment and how it intersects with the history of slavery in the United States. Guests will also have the opportunity to learn from local organizers about gun control activism today. Carl G. Bogus is a professor of law at the Roger Williams University School of Law. He has written and spoken extensively about both the Second Amendment and gun control policy. There are many sounds in your day-to-day life. There are sounds that wake you up. Sounds that make you smile. Sounds that energize you. and sounds that help you relax. But there are some sounds that can alert you to danger and can help save lives. Wireless emergency alerts, now on many mobile devices, use a unique sound and vibration to bring you information about severe weather events, amber alerts, or other emergencies in your area. With critical information from local sources you know and trust, you can be in the know, wherever you are. For more information, visit ready.gov alerts. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. Staying at home, surrounded by family and friends, resting comfortably with your illness under control, and support for your family caregivers. That's what most Americans want at life's end. Hospice can make it happen. With the help of hospice, patients and families alike can focus on what's most important, enjoying life together and living as fully as possible. Feel free to contact Community VNA Hospice at 508-222-0118. You can also visit communityvna.com for more information. This week on AACS, catch Letters Home to Rehoboth, Bliss Family Genealogy and Civil War Letters. Taken from letters and documents from the late 1800s, this presentation tells of Attleboro resident David Bliss's great-grandfather, Francis Abaya Bliss, who served in the Union Cavalry during the Civil War. You can watch this program and all of our quality programs from around the area in high definition on AACS.com. Take it away, Jeffrey! The Badger! 
is the road is a rally cry Tessie is the tune they always sung Tessie echoed April through October nights After the serenade and saw the Nina
already said what I said before I said that. And I meant most of it, but I do want to know some people that, that are off that list. I don't care what team they root for. Give it up for Black 47 and Stigma coming up. Where it began I can't begin to knowing But then I know it's growing strong Wasn't the spring And spring became the summer Who'd have believed you'd come along Touching hands Reaching out Touching me Touching you Don't seem so lonely We fill it up with only two And when I hurt Hurting runs off my shoulders How can I hurt when holding you? Touching warm, reaching out, touching me, touching you. Yes, Sweet Caroline by Neil Diamond. 
Earlier, we had uh, Tessie by the Dropkick Murphys. Yes, the Tessie. You know, I like Tessie, and I, I think you know everyone has their their pick on what they think is the the Red Sox anthem. If the Red Sox do have an anthem, I, I like Tessie because they you know they play that towards the end of the games when you're leaving. Uh, Sweet Caroline, obviously, anyone who's been to a Sox game, they play it at the seventh inning stretch, of course. Uh, the song Tessie, though, it, you know it. it it's a long-time anthem of the you know, Red Sox. It's a 2004 song, so anyone who follows the Red Sox knows 2004 was a great year when uh, you know, we were down three games to the Yankees. We come back, we, we win everything, win the, beat the Yankees, and, and we go on to continue, continue to win uh, the World Series, which was you know, the, prior to 2004. It had been 1918 since the Red Sox even won a World Series. But that's a, you know, I like that song, and it, the original Tessie, was actually from 1902. It was a Broadway musical, The Silver Slipper. Uh, but the newer song, of course, it was by the Dropkick Murphys, as you know, in Sweet Caroline, by Neil Diamond. Uh, so we had a couple more requests. I had my, my father called in, and you know, he wants a song for uh, dedicated to my mother. I have a song I'm, I'll, we'll dedicate that one. Well, one's going to my niece afterward. And then for my little brother for his birthday again, Sean Salgirl's uh, 19th birthday. He's getting old. Catching up to me. I don't know if he's going to catch up eventually, but hey, who knows? <laughs> but in, in any case, uh, so we're going to play uh, another song that my, my father wanted, which was uh, Lady in Red by Chris DeBaugh. Uh, I, I believe this song was played at their wedding. So we're going to play that. And, uh, and then after that, we'll take a quick break. So uh, stick around and we'll, here comes Lady in Red by Chris DeBaugh. And when you turn to me and smile 
In order to accommodate working parents and school times, an unlikely story in Plainville will host a Sunday story time on the first Sunday of every month. Story time consists of a half hour of stories, songs, and a simple craft and is recommended for ages 2 to 6, but all story lovers are welcome. Registration will open one week before. Only children need to register. The next story time will take place on Sunday, October 7th at 11 a.m. and run until 11.30. To register for the event, you can visit their website at unlikelystory.com. Hey, everyone. You know, let's all stop what we're doing right now and take a moment. That felt good, huh? Just like that, we had a nice, special sort of moment. Together. Of course, they don't all need to be quiet moments to be special. They could be loud moments, goofy moments, sporty moments, dorky moments. Moments where we talk or walk or just hang out. It doesn't really matter. They all count. Because every time dads like us take a moment like that to spend with our kids, well, it's pretty momentous. Sounds like somebody agrees. So let's take a moment to make a moment. Today, call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Are you looking for more opportunity? The Literacy Center is here to help. We have free year-round classes in English, computer literacy, and high school equivalency. With the help of teachers and tutors, you can prepare for your citizenship test, make a resume, get ready for college, or learn how to speak better English. Classes held during the day, evening, or on Saturdays. View our website, theliteracycenter.com, or call 508-226-3603. The Literacy Center, building a better community. 
Alrighty, folks, we're back on the air for the Paul Saul Girl Show. I'll be here until 9 o'clock. Uh, from the first portion, uh, you know, we had a cancellation, so that's okay. We just resorted to playing a little bit of music, talked about some sports, some news, and uh, we're taking in uh, dedications and, and song requests. Uh, you can call in 508-222-1320 or send me an email at paulo, P-A-U-L-O, at wararadio.com. And uh, we're only going to be doing music until 8 o'clock uh, because from 8 to 9, we're going to have Heather Rockwood in studio, who is the co-director of the Jewelry City Steampunk Festival here in Attleboro. I think they're going on their third year or so. So it's a pretty cool festival. I'm learning a lot about it uh, recently because, to be honest, I wasn't too familiar with it. But I'm learning a lot. It's an actually it's actually a creative movement that's been going around uh, the, that is the theme of steampunk. So she's going to be in studio at 8 o'clock, and we'll talk uh, more about, about what's going on with the festival, what to expect, what exactly is steampunk, and whatnot. Uh, but for, for right now, we're going we're gonna to do another song dedication. Uh, so uh, one song I like to play, because my niece is probably listening with uh, my sister, is a song by uh, Sam the Sham and the Pharaohs. And it's weird, because this is a Wooly Bully, which is an old song. But there was one, I don't know how it started. I think I was just listening to it one day, and then all of a sudden my niece comes by, and she starts singing the song, Wole Bole. So it was, it was something that stuck. She actually sings to the song. She loves the song. So I'm going to play the song for her because she's listening w- with my, my sister currently. So Aria, this one's from you. This one's to you from Uncle Paul. Uno, dos, one, two, tres, cuatro. Watch it now, watch it, here you go. You got it, you 
Yes, Wooly Bully, Wooly Bully by Sam the Sham and the Pharaohs. That goes out to my niece, Baby Aria. And uh, it's funny because she actually calls me Wooly Bully. Like sometimes I don't know, I don't know how that stuck. I think it was just because it stuck with the song. But uh, we got a couple more song requests coming in, and uh, from like I said, from we'll be doing music from until eight o'clock uh, because from eight to nine we we'll actually have Heather Rockwood in the studio, who is the co-director of the Jewelry City Steampunk Festival. That, that's going to be happening in Attleboro this this month. So we're going to talk about the event. We're going to talk about uh, the history, what exactly steampunk is, because it's essentially it's a creative movement, but there's more behind behind it than than what I'm saying because I'm keeping it vague because I want to I want uh, Heather to explain a little bit more to, about it to us. So she'll be in from eight to nine o'clock. But until then, we're going to be playing some music. So like I said earlier. Uh, it's actually my little brother's birthday today, so I was going to play one of his favorite songs, which is, and some of you may may know this song, it's an older one, it's by Kenny Rogers, it's The Gambler. Uh, it's funny because <laughs> my middle school math teacher, uh, my little brother had the same teacher when he was in middle school, and it's funny because this song, my little brother came and was like, oh, you know what? Uh, he was singing that song, The Gambler. I was like, Sean, he's been singing the same song every year. I go, every class hears that. So, uh, But it became one of um, my little brother's favorite songs. So I'm going to play that one for him. So, Sean, The Gambler by Kenny Rogers. Here it goes. On a warm summer's evening On a train bound for nowhere I met up with The Gambler We were both too tired to sleep so we took turns of staring Out the window at the darkness The boredom overtook us And he began to speak He said, son, I've made a life Out of reading people's faces And knowing what the cards were By the way they held their eyes So if you don't mind my saying I can see you're out of aces For a taste of your whiskey I'll give you some advice So I handed him my bottle And he drank down my last swallow Then he bombed a cigarette And asked me for a light And the night got deathly quiet And his face lost all expression Said if you're gonna play the game, boy You gotta learn to play it right You got to know when to hold up Know when to fold up Know when to walk away And know when to run You never count your money When you're sitting at the table There'll be time enough for counting When the dealing's done Every gambler knows That the secret to surviving Knowing what to throw away Knowing what to keep Cause every hand's a winner And every hand's a loser And the best that you can hope for Is to die in your sleep And when he finished speaking He turned back toward the window Crushed out a cigarette Faded off to sleep And somewhere in the darkness the gambler, he broke even But in his final words I found an ace that I could keep You got to know when to hold up 
Kenny Rogers going out to my little brother Sean Salguero, who's turn who turns turned uh, nineteen today. Uh, he's an old he's an old fellow. He's uh, I don't know why he has an accent like that, but he's old. He's getting up there. He's nineteen. Uh, but anyway, he's nineteen years old. Sean Salguero. Uh, today's his birthday, so that one goes out to you, Sean. We're gonna do a couple more requests. Uh, maybe some music that maybe you typically wouldn't hear on the radio, but it's it's been popular in in my life because I've heard it. And that is is a an artist by Selena, the original Selena, Selena Quintanilla. Who, uh, if you guys have ever seen the movie Selena by you know when the movie where J Lo, uh, Jennifer J Lo, uh, Jennifer Lopez actually plays Selena. It's it's an interesting story. If you haven't seen it, I, I really recommend it to you. Uh, S- Selena was uh, Mexican American. She lived in Texas. You know, she she unfortunately passed away at 23 years old, March 31st, 19, uh, 19 what was it? 19, 19, 1995. It was at 23, and she was from Texas. And it was one of her. I think the, the person who ran like her fan fan club. Uh, Yolanda, she's the one that ended up actually shooting Selena, but she has tons of great music out there, and she was only 23 years old when she passed away. So I'm going to play a couple songs from Selena. Uh, maybe we'll just do one, one song, and uh, we'll play. Uh, we'll play in because she's she sings both uh, Spanish music and English. So we'll play an English one, and if we have enough time, I'll play. Uh, a Spanish one too. So we're going to take a break first and then out of the break I'll go right into the song. So stick around and then from 8 o'clock to 9 we will have Heather Rockwood who is the co-director from the Jewelry City Steampunk Festival and she'll be in studio. So stick around. We'll be right back after these messages. On October 30th at 6.30 p.m., the Center for Reconciliation will host The Hidden History of the Second Amendment, a presentation by Carl T. Bogus at Cathedral of St. John, located at 271 North Main Street in Providence. This is a free discussion on the history of the Second Amendment and how it intersects with the history of slavery in the United States. Guests will also have the opportunity to learn from local organizers about gun control activism today. Carl G. Bogus is a professor of law at the Roger Williams University School of Law. He has written and spoken extensively about both the Second Amendment and gun control policy. 
Mental health, just like physical health, is an important part of every person's overall well-being. Learn about the many issues surrounding mental health by listening to our new show, Exploring Mental Illness, everything you wanted to know but were too afraid to ask, on Mondays at 6 p.m. on WARA 1320 AM. You can also listen for free by subscribing to the Exploring Mental Illness podcast on the iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn platforms. Find out more information by going to WARARadio.com and clicking on podcasts. The following is made possible by Dad. Why was the basketball court all wet? Because the players kept dribbling all over it. <laughs> the Dad Joke. Corny, groan-worthy, but also one of the simplest ways to share a moment with your kids. Why do you have to be careful when straining cats and dogs? Because you might step in a poodle. (laughs) And kids that spend more time with their dads grow up to be smarter, more successful. Can I tell you a cat joke? Just kidding. (laughs) And with any luck, funnier adults. Why didn't the skeleton go to the dance? Because he didn't have anybody to go with. Dad jokes rule. So take a moment to make a moment and give your kid a laugh. It's as easy as going to fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. That's really funny. Be 
Selena Quintanilla, Dreaming of You. Again, Selena was, uh, you know, I, I think her, her fame was kind of known by the movie Selena that where uh, Jennifer Lopez actually played her. It's a great movie. I really recommend it to anyone who isn't familiar with Selena or is a fan of Jennifer Lopez's movies because I think that's a wonderful movie to watch. Uh, again, like I said, today we're going to do a little bit of uh, This Day in History, which I found three that I think were really uh kind of important and, and interesting to, to know. Uh, the first, in 1845, uh, the U.S. Naval Academy opened in Annapolis, Maryland. Uh, there's also a movie in Annapolis where uh, James Franco uh, plays uh, a guy who's struggling. At, he works in a shipyard, but he always wanted to go to the Naval Academy, and he does boxing there for the brigades. And uh, to, who else was in there? Uh, Tyrese Gibson's also in there, the guy from... Uh, the Fast and the Furious uh, series. Uh, also, 1970, Fiji gained its independence from Great Britain. And the other one that I thought was interesting uh, was 1973, Vice President Sapiro, uh, if I can speak, Sapiro Agnew, uh, who was actually the Vice President to Richard Nixon. He actually resigned after being charged with tax evasion. Not good. Uh, so we're going to play a couple more songs until uh, 8 o'clock. So we're, gonna ha- we're, gonna, we're in studio. We will have uh, Heather Rockwood, who is the co-director of the Jewelry City uh, Steampunk Festival. We're going to talk about steampunk in general, what it is, how it started, a little bit of the history, uh, what the festival is like, what people can expect at the festival, and, and whatnot. So uh, stick around. We're going to talk about that later on at 8, and we're going to continue with the music. We're going to play uh, the next one is a uh, song from Madonna. Uh, which Heather's actually in studio right now. And uh, Heather, 
you could say hi if you want. Hi, everybody. <laughs> uh, so uh, I had asked, uh, you know, I always ask one of the guests, like, oh, what song would you like to hear? So we're going to play, how do you say it again? La, La yes. Isla Bonita. So that, that's the beautiful island, right? Mm -hmm. Isla, yeah. So La Isla uh, Bonita, we'll play that one from Madonna coming up right now.
that's Madonna, La Isla Bonita, the beautiful island. Uh, so we're going to play one more song, and then we'll take a quick break, and then we'll be back for our interview with Heather Rockwood, who is the co-director of the Jewelry City Steampunk Festival that's happening in Attleboro this month. And we're going to talk about the history behind what steampunk actually is, how it started, and whatnot. So we're going to play one more song uh, from the Beaver Brown Band, who is one of my favorite bands, but... I feel like they don't get a lot of publicity or they're not really on the radio as much. So we're going to put uh, one of their songs on. That's Run Around Sue, which is kind of like a little remake of uh, Dion and the Belmonts, the original from the uh, the oldies. So here's uh, John Caffrey and the Beaver Brown Band, Run Around Sue. Listening to WARA, 1320 AM, Attleboro. Welcome to the AACS Daily News. Congressman Joe Kennedy visited Attleboro High School yesterday to hear what issues are important to the students and to encourage them to become civically engaged. But you all here are members of the largest generation in American history. And I promise you this, I promise you, that you guys are gonna decide this election. You're gonna decide it because you vote, or you're going to decide it because you don't. And if you don't, it means that you are ceding your voice to somebody else that might come down the same way you do, but very well might not. And we have seen over the course of the last two years, whether you support, this president or not, whether you support 
the direction and the policies put forth by your federal government or state government or not, that these elections have dramatic consequences. My name is Chelsea Calcagni and this whole um, event that we put together is basically to get young people in Attleboro High School to vote. Um, that was our main goal. We worked a long time, like since um, the first week of school, we worked the whole month of September to put this together. And um, my role and the speakers that spoke with me were um, to basically get the message out that young people are the next, are the future generation, and that young people have one of the biggest roles in the community, but we don't express it as much as we need to. I was invited to come here and uh, talk to a bunch of students, juniors and seniors, that uh, are either registered to vote or could pre-register to vote, get a sense of what's on their minds, and uh, hopefully encourage them to vote in the election, regardless of your political philosophy, ideology, how you register, making sure that they know that their voice counts and that they have an opportunity in November to help uh, alter the course of this country, one way or the other, but to make sure that they know that this is a, a privilege that they've got and a right that they got, and I hope that they exercise it. I think it's critically important when you have elected officials in front of an audience, particularly a young audience, that we're just not talking at them, that you're trying to get their response and ask them what's on their mind and what issues they care about so that we make sure that we're responding to their concerns, their thoughts, their aspirations, and a lot of the issues that they brought up are ones that we are working on in Washington. Some of them are ones we probably should be a bit more aware of. Some of them are ones that I'll flag for the administration. They want to start school later, so. Yeah, so um, obviously like we're the same age as most of the people in the room, so I think that us talking at them was kind of like, it was more like a class project, but having like an actual representative of our community and being such like a high stature of being a congressman and having him so local, it kind of got the point across that this is a bigger issue than Attleboro High School, but we can really contribute to the local issue and like the global issue. So really having him come in and like just being able to ask him questions and like having someone to like um, ask about the issues that we care about personally, it helped to have like a better sense of mind that people are actually caring about our issues also. That's all for today's update. You can watch all of our content by visiting our website, doubleacs.com, by downloading the AACS mobile app, or by visiting the AACS Roku channel. How about today? Midsummer temperatures in October. I'm Jim Corbin. Going to have a mostly clear early evening. Should be very pleasant, a throwback to uh, late summer. And then it'll cloud up late with patchy fog, only falling to the upper 60s. A strong front will be approaching tomorrow. Southerly winds out ahead of it. A humid, showery day into tomorrow night. Some of those showers could be moderate at times. And then some of the moisture from the tropical system Michael getting involved early on Friday morning. Now, tomorrow's highs will be in the low 70s, but warm and humid for this time of the year. Then falling down to 60 on Friday morning, staying 60. The good news, though, for Friday, although it will be quite breezy out of the northwest, a mixture of sun and clouds as the late morning progresses. Right now, a cool, very cool, but comfortable weekend on Saturday and Sunday. More details in the morning with Dom Katoya. Have a good one. Staying at home, surrounded by family and friends, resting comfortably with your illness under control, and support for your family caregivers. That's what most Americans want at Life's End. Hospice can make it happen. With the help of hospice, patients and families alike can focus on what's most important, enjoying life together and living as fully as possible. Feel free to contact Community VNA Hospice at 508 
222-0118. You can also visit communityvna.com for more information. Alrighty, folks, we're back in studio with another episode of the Polo Salguero Show. We'll be here until 9 o'clock. The first half of the, the show we did, uh, you know, we did talked about news, uh, played some music, some this day in history. But for now, until 9 o'clock, we have Heather Rockwood in studio, who is the co-director of uh, the Jewelry City uh, Steampunk Festival that's happening in, in Attleboro. So, Heather, thank you for coming in today. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> good, good. Um, so... For some of our listeners who may or may not know you or may not be familiar with uh, Steam, the Steampunk Festival, could you give us a little bit, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, who you are, and kind of what you do right now? Sure. Uh, I work in museums, and I work in what is called development, and um, that's basically the fundraising branch of the museum work. So I write appeals and grants, and I process memberships, and I think about marketing, and I do press releases and things like that, trying to um, get the word out about the museums. And uh, right now, I work at the Newport Historical Society in Newport, Rhode Island. Wow. You kind of do a the backbone stuff to uh, museums and whatnot. Exactly, yes. Awesome, cool. So uh, well, let's get right to it then. Uh, I'm new to this too because I was reading online about the Steampunk Festival, but uh, let's start from the very beginning. What is Steampunk? in general. A steampunk was a term that was created by an author in 1987 and his name was K.W. Jeter and um, he used it to describe the work that he and his contemporaries were doing which all had this feel of 19th century aesthetic of the look of the Victorian era um, and inspired by H.G. Wells and Jules Verne Um, but Punk is usually a term that's used to um, say something as counterculture. So kind of taking uh, the Victorian aesthetic and kind of turning it around and saying, well, what would they think of the future um, with Victorian steam technology? So that's why we call it a lot of the time retro futurism. So people from the past thinking of the future. Ah, kind of like a little time travel kind of feel to it a little bit but now it inhabits fashion and art and not only literature but music and all, all aspects of culture can be steampunked absolutely i was reading online correct me if i'm wrong is it would you say it's uh, like a creative movement is that basically kind of the gist of like this up-and-coming um, movement basically uh, we like to call it a maker movement because uh, maker implies all terms of creation so you don't have to be a creator you can take pieces that actually exist and put them together and still have it be steampunk and be made without you having to actually create the original pieces so you know you can be a seamstress you can be a, an artist you can be any kind of person that would make things and you can be a maker Oh, absolutely. That's awesome. And so I, I put a couple questions together, but it's, uh, you know, we, we have a regular conversation too. But um, in, we, we talked about steampunk, how it started. How big is this movement? Is it nationwide? Is it starting in New England? How big is this movement right, right currently? 
Um, it's international. Uh, you know, being a part of the steampunk community, a lot of the times I, I go online and I go, oh, that looks like a great festival. I want to go to that. Oh, it's in England. <laughs> I can't make it there. Um, it's really an international movement that people all over the world are kind of taking this this aesthetic, this retrofuturism, and making it their own. And um, at Jewelry City Steampunk Festival, we like to use the loosest terms possible for defining steampunk. There, there was a uh, a thing on online like saying that's not steampunk, mm-hmm. and um, you know that's not that's not true to us. We we like to be inclusive. We like to for everybody to have a really good time with steampunk and to play with it. Um, that's one of the reasons we like that our festival is on Halloween weekend on, on October twenty seventh um, because you can come in a Halloween costume and uh, put goggles on and your steampunk and that's what makes it really fun. And uh, personally, what I really love about steampunk is that. Um, you know, they they people online uh, always say to to start a steampunk character, you need to start with kind of a theme. Are you an ocean goer? Are you a pirate ocean goer? Are you a mechanic? Are you somebody who was a scientist who started to dabble in technology? You know, where did your character start? And um, you know, my character sees your character, and we start at completely different places, and we're in completely different worlds. We got to different futures and we both look at each other and acknowledge that they're both valid and that's one of the best things about steampunk is that everybody takes a different interpretation and they're all right absolutely and i love that that's good stuff and uh like i said i'm i'm new to this and uh i'm still learning but how did what was your involvement how were you introduced to like honestly my introduce me being introduced to it was uh when we were emailing and talking about it, that was my intro to okay. to all this. So when was, uh, how were you introduced to it? How did you even get involved? Well, there's this great festival in Waltham, Massachusetts that started in 2010, although my first experience was in 2014. I've always loved the Victorian era and I work in history and I just love um, those old dresses and the, the look that um, that era has. And um, a friend said, oh, hey, I went to, you know, watch City steampunk festival you should go to that next year it was really fun i think you'd like it and i did and i had the most amazing time and i had so much fun just just standing there and watching people walk around in costumes and shopping at all the vendors and listening to the music it was just like a really immersive experience and you know working in museums one of our big things is immersive experiences we want you to feel like you know when you go to the new bedford whaling museum you go yeah. on a ship and you really feel like you're on that ship yeah, about yeah. to go whaling and you know that's a really important aspect of um of immersive experiences is that you actually get to experience that and so when i went there i was just like i love this and um in 2000 uh, three years ago 2015 so the next year i um, moved to attleboro and um, I was walking around Attleboro, and you know, I, I, one of the aspects of my job is I run events, so I'm always kind of looking at events and looking around at things. And I was walking around downtown Attleboro and to the library, and you know, I visited the Industrial Museum, and I just went, you know, this is a great town for a steampunk festival. We have that industrial history. Yeah. It's uh, a beautiful town with all of the, the bridges and the brickwork everywhere and the factories, and the library is just gorgeous. And and I was like, I need to, I feel like I need to make a steampunk festival. And so I wrote a grant to the Attleboro Cultural Council. And um, to my 
intense surprise. They they said yes, and um, so then I went, oh, uh, now I have to run a, a steampunk <laughs> festival. And so I started going around to um, other festivals and meeting people in the culture and, um, you know, talking to Watch City about, like, how do you run a steampunk festival and what yeah. do we do? And they were really great, and they got me connected to a bunch of people in the culture already, like the Citizens of Antiford, who is a writing collective out of New Hampshire, and the Red Fork Empire, uh, who we work with, and they are um, an artist collective out of um, out of Rhode Island, and they're really great. We have an art show going on in the library right now that everyone can visit on, in the Marble Lobby done by the Red Fork Empire. And um, then, you know, we started to get some programming and some vendors started to sign up, and we're like, this is happening. Yeah, this yeah, is great. Yeah. That's awesome. Got all my friends involved, and we formed a board and applied for 501c3 status, and now we're a thing. That's awesome. Yeah. Already, folks, we're in studio with Heather Rockwood, who is uh, the co-director of the Jewelry City Steampunk Festival uh, that's happening here in Atterborough on uh, the 27th of October. And uh, we're talking about steampunk in general, what it is, uh, and the history behind it. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and then when we get back, we're going to talk more about uh, what the event, ha- what the festival is, what it has to offer, and what people can expect. So stick around. We'll be right back after these messages. In order to accommodate working parents and school times, an unlikely story in Plainville will host a Sunday story time on the first Sunday of every month. Story time consists of a half hour of stories, songs, and a simple craft, and is recommended for ages 2 to 6, but all story lovers are welcome. Registration will open one week before. Only children need to register. The next story time will take place on Sunday, October 7th at 11 a.m. and run until 11.30. To register for the event, you can visit their website at unlikelystory.com. Looking to make a difference? Have extra time during the week? The Literacy Center is looking for you. By becoming a volunteer at the Literacy Center, you could help someone learn to read, study for their citizenship test, learn English, and even help them with their high school equivalency. For more information on how to volunteer or join the next tutor training, you can view our website at theliteracycenter.com or call 508-226-3603. The Literacy Center, building a better community. All right, class, let's hear what everyone did this weekend. Jill? Well, I raised my older sister to a big oak tree. It was at least a hundred years old. My mom said I must have set a record or something. And then we went down by a stream and perched up on this huge rock and saw all these little minnows swimming around way below us. And then I rescued my little brother from an evil slug king who was guarding him at the bush fortress. And my sister and I brought him back to our super twig floor for safety. And then we all laid out and told stories until it got dark. And the Big Dipper led us all the way home. Where were you, Jill? Yeah. We went to the forest. It's not that far away. Anyone want to come this weekend? Ask your parents to take you and your friends to the forest this week and find the fun, adventurous you. It's closer than you think. Check out discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. It is the 100-year anniversary of the 1918 Red Sox World Series victory. And to celebrate, Attleboro resident Ty Waterman gave a presentation to the community. Join ACS this week as we showcase the year the Red Sox won the series. Based on Waterman's book, The program brings the events to life through photos, music, and stories. You can watch this program and all of our quality programs from around the area in high definition on the AACS Roku channel. 
Alrighty, folks, we're back in studio. Uh, this Paul Salguero show will be here until 9 o'clock. We're in studio with Heather of Rockwood, who is the co-director of the Jewelry City uh, Steampunk Festival happening in Attleboro, which will be October 27th uh, this month. Um, so, Heather, what... Uh, I mean, I have a good feeling why Attleboro, but why did you think Attleboro was the best place to have this festival? Um... I think Attleboro is a great place. It's a, you know, I feel like it's a hub of the South Shore. It's right on 495 and 95 and 295. And, you know, we have the Emerald Square Mall really close by. I just think it's a, a great place. We're right between Providence and um, Boston. And we're an hour from basically the Cape to Worcester. And I just think it's a, it's it's really a place where a lot of people can come here very easily. And um, living here, I really love that everything is so accessible in New England from this point. Yeah, absolutely. We have the train station. Everyone comes in and out. Exactly. Uh, um, so let's talk a little bit about the, the festival itself. Uh, what, what can People that haven't gone to it, what can they expect to see or and what can they just expect in general from, from the festival? Well, first, uh, if you have no idea that the festival is going on, you'll notice first a lot of people walking around in funny costumes, big poofy dresses and um, top hats and coats with tails and lots of fancy dress, it looks like, and then a lot of goggles, um, which is kind of a trope of steampunk. And then, um, you know, if you're around the library and the Masonic Lodge, the Ezekiel Bates AF and, and AM Lodge, and um, the Balfour River Walk, you'll notice a lot of activities happening. Uh, we're going to have a big children's area that is um, uh, provided by the Providence Children's Museum. We're working with them for a couple of the activities, especially their rigamajig, um, which is like big, huge building blocks that kids can come and play and build with. Um, we're working with Athena School of Arms, and they're going to do historic sword demonstrations, and so that's kind of a spectacle on the Balfour River Walk. If you haven't seen Splendid Teapot Racing, it's really interesting and really funny to watch it's um rc cars where you take the car body off and you put a teapot on oh, and then cool. you race them around and then at the end of the race they do kind of like a drag race where they all just go as fast as possible and so it's a bunch of people in costumes racing teapots and it's just a spectacle um the last thing to happen in the Balfour Riverwalk is um, some belly dancing. So if you have any interest uh, in different things that are happening on the Balfour Riverwalk, you will love to just kind of hang out there. Um, we have lots of vendors in the Masonic Lodge. We have a full floor of vendors, and then um, the outside driveway is going to have vendors as well. That's also our community area where we're going to have lots of um, people in the community. And um, the people who I mentioned before, citizens of Antiford, um, watch City Steampunk Festival, Red Fork Empire, um, Oddball New, who runs Silk City Steampunk, which is a steampunk group on, on Facebook. Um, Splendid Teapot Racing will have a table. Um, we're going to have a steampunk suffragette, and um, Victor Von Voltage will have a table as well. Um, so it's going to be uh, very interesting inside the Masonic Lodge. Um, but if you decide to be more on the other side of town, uh, you're going to go to the Industrial Museum where you're going to see a steam engine from the Mount Washington Cog Railway oh, wow. um, in the parking lot of the Industrial Museum. And her name is Pepper Sass because her... Um, 
her uh, chimney looks like a bottle of pepper sauce. So that was her nickname and became her name. Um, across the street, actually, um, Gary Demers, the president of Demers Brothers Trucking, is going to bring an 80-foot rig, which is going to have a huge gear on it, which is kind of another trope of steampunk is a lot of gears. And these are one big heavy gear so it's going to look really cool something to definitely take your photos with and then um, inside the industrial museum we're going to have some programming but twice during the day uh, last year we had an alternate reality game that ran all day long um, this year we decided to condense it down into two hour-long programs one in the morning and one in the afternoon mm -hmm. and it's happening all inside the industrial museum so if you want to play the alternate reality game for this year is going to be down at the industrial museum um, so anybody who has hasn't been to a steampunk festival um you can just come in halloween costume and still have a really great time awesome and how many uh it sounds like it's gonna be throughout the city mm -hmm. this festival how many places are you guys in so, the city. Uh, I think uh, seven venues. Um, I forgot to mention at the Park Street Ale House, we're going to have all of our musicians oh, playing cool. there. And uh, I have the musicians' names here. We have um, the Old Howard Troop, uh, May O'Hara, King Serpent Variety Troop, and we're finishing up the days with the King's Busketeers. And they're all really great. They're really fun. When you go to them, they get you involved. They get you up on your feet. And uh, the Parkster Ale House has, um, is going to make some uh, specialty food for the day um, themed towards steampunk. So it should be really interesting to go there. Yeah, that's awesome. Sounds like you guys, tons of venues. And, and how is, is this the third year this is our second year the second year mm -hmm. and uh is there anything different from uh, like how different is it from the first to the second are you guys changing anything is it going to be the same similar um a lot of the programming uh half of it is similar to what we did last year like steampunk 101 which is just something you should always have at a festival because there's always a first timer yeah um and things like um, gizmos and gadgets, which is just people talking about the things that they make because it's such a maker culture. And also having the children's area, we feel like that's very important to have, to have something for the kids to do. But one thing I really wanted to highlight that's new this year is that um, Aaron and Tyler from Atomic Alchemy, it's a photo company, are going to have three photo meetups. Now, you know, what's better than getting up in costume? Getting up in costume and having your picture taken <laughs> by a professional, that's way better. So so we have three photo meetups, and they're happening um, in the Ezekiel Bates Lodge in front of the Attleboro Historic Preservation Society's Academy Building on Sanford Street, and we're also having one at the Industrial Museum. So you'll be able to get your picture taken with pepper sass, with the gear inside the museum, however you want it. Um, they'll be at those places for certain times. It's on the program, which is on our website, which is jewelrycitysteampunk.com. And so you can start planning your day around the photo meetups and all of the music and all of the programming. Absolutely. What's the time range? When does the festival start and when does it uh, end, essentially? So our official hours are 10 a.m. to 6 6 p.m. Um, however, some venues are closing at 4, including the Attleboro Area Industrial Museum, the, um, the Attleboro Public Library, and um, the United Centenary uh, Methodist Church. Um, so those three venues are closing at 4 p.m. But Park Street Ale House 
and the Ezekiel Bates Masonic Lodge will both be open till six o'clock. Awesome. Um, and I would just say the Park Street Ale House is open afterwards. They're having some more performers come in that evening. Awesome. Cool. Um, what are some of the, the characters that people might see there? What are some of the kind of your favorite characters that you've seen in festivals and, and whatnot? Um, I have two in mind, and it's really funny because they're actually friends. Um, so they, they must have made these costumes somewhat kind of in, in tandem. Uh, one of them is this man who made like a, a teapot that he wears on his back. And um, it's not a working thing, but he can get it to smoke. Oh, cool. And so he has like this cool backpack that looks like this big teapot machine, and it's it's really interesting. And at one of the festivals I went to this year, this uh, woman started with kind of a post-apocalyptic character, and so she had this like mask hanging down in front of her, and then when I took a look at her kind of backpack equipment, there was plants inside. So it was like a breathing apparatus with the plants creating the air. And I thought that was such a cool way to do a steampunk future. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Alrighty, folks, we're in studio with Heather Rockwood, who is the co-director for the Jewelry City, uh, yeah, if I can talk, Jewelry City Steampunk Festival happening in Attleboro, October 27th. Uh, there's going to be tons of venues, tons of programming uh, that people can, can attend. Uh, to me, this is... Uh, you know, an intro to me, what what steampunk is. So I may uh, end up passing by. I don't know what I'll be dressed up as, but <laughs> but I may uh, make an appearance down in Attleboro. Um, but again, we're just talking about different characters, kind of this movement that's happening or has been happening. Uh, so we're going to take a quick break, and then when we get back, uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about the festival, kind of the inside workings of it, and um, then we'll we'll get to our. We'll do another break, and then we'll get to our history question and kind of uh, wrap things up afterwards. So we'll be right back after these messages. Dr. Gary Highlander will return to Richards Memorial Library for a series of lectures titled Papers. The series starts with the Federalist Papers on Thursday, October 4th. It will be followed by the Pumpkin Papers on Thursday, October 18th, and the Pentagon Papers on November 1st. All lectures will take place at 7 p.m. Registration is required to attend these lectures. If you'd like to register, you can email librarian Maggie Holmes at mholmes at salesinc.org. You sit down at your table, you get your card. 25 squares hold the key. Which one will it be? I-25, O-72, or Lucky B-13? Which one will be the square that makes you jump up and shout, Bingo! The Attleboro Elks Lodge, 1014, hosts bingo each Sunday at 887 South Main Street. Open to the public, the kitchen opens at 5 p.m. with a variety of food available. Bingo starts at 6 p.m. Prizes are awarded and proceeds support Elks Charities. For further details, you can visit attleboroelks.org or you can call 508-222-5502. Remember, Elks care, Elks share. I spend a lot of time in the garage, but even more time in the rain, sleet, and mud. In 95, I helped tow your moving trailer. In 05, I helped you get out of a ditch. Yeah, I know I'm a bit rusty, and sadly in 09, it was sparks from me, your handy chains dragging behind your truck that accidentally started a wildfire. Sparks from dragging chains can start a wildfire. Spark a change, not a wildfire. Visit SmokeyBear.com. 
Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Only you can prevent wildfires. Alrighty, folks, we're back in studio with Heather Rockwood, who is the co-director of the Jewelry City uh, Steampunk Festival happening in Attleboro, October 27th this month. Uh, so, Heather, why why the name Jewelry City for maybe those that aren't familiar with Attleboro? Why why how did you guys well, how did it all start? How did you guys come up with that name, and why did you think it was a good name to begin with? Well, first, uh, I, I would say that. Uh, if we had it to think over, we might change it because everyone thinks that we're a jewelry company, not uh, a festival, even though festival is in our title. Um, so everybody walks up and they're like, where's your jewelry? I want to buy some. <laughs> and we're like, oh, we don't do that. Um, maybe in the future, maybe if we get that far. But um, Jewelry City, um, you know, it's a it's a thing for steampunk festivals to name your festival after what was manufactured in the city. So Watch City in Waltham is famous for its watches. Gate City in New Hampshire, um, famous for making gates, um, being a gateway. And um, Silk City Steampunk is, you know, after silk being made in Connecticut. And um, so we, you know, the... um, the Mount Washington Cog Railway is called um, the Festi- Railway to the Moon Festival, so it's kind of named after what it is because the yeah, railway yeah. used to be called Railway to the Moon. Um, so when we were thinking about a name, the the one that kept sticking around was Jewelry City, and it just to me it just rolls off the tongue, and it's mm-hmm. just a beautiful thing to say. And we really need to take it back from Providence. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, it's so funny you mentioned that because I got into a. A debate with someone the other day, like, yeah, Providence was it? I'm like, nope, no, it's no, not. Ju- we yeah. were the first jewelry city. Attleboro's the jewelry city, mm-hmm. so cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> um, that it, it, that's interesting. I didn't know that uh, that that element behind it. There's always an industrial kind of element to each of those uh, the names of each festival. Exactly, especially in New England, and we felt it was a, you know, being a historian, it's an important thing to keep a tradition going. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so. Um, Another thing that we uh, were talking about was these costumes that people are wearing to uh, these events. Now, it, there must be a policy for weapons, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what exactly can people bring or have incorporated into their uh, costume, and what can they not bring to uh the festival we're mostly very lenient on uh, costume policy the only thing that we really stick to is that there's no actual weapons allowed any kind of gun needs to be not originally a gun it needs to be a plastic toy originally and it can be steampunked and painted and things put on it but it needs to be fake if you have um you know if you want to bring your kid and they have a ninja costume they you know not that you're giving your kid real swords but they if you you know allow your kid to have real swords because they do practice sword play um don't bring the real swords bring the play swords um we do uh ask that people bring their weapons to the welcome table where we're going to put a little tab on it to let everybody know that it's been checked and that it's fake um and there will be a police presence um so you just want to make sure there's no real weapons on you awesome yeah that, that that's important <laughs> you don't want uh, little kids uh, running around with swords mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah but all right so the the steampunk in general you guys have multiple events or you guys are involved in the community uh throughout our community so wh- what other uh, events do you guys have going on uh if somebody 
because you guys have stuff going on prior to the actual festival. So if someone's interested in learning more or going to one of your events, what do you guys have going on right now in the city? Yep, uh, the the last event that we're doing right before the festival is on um, Thursday, October 25th at the Attleboro Area Industrial Museum. The um, Carlton Leg and the board of the museum has allowed us to um, program their Thursday nights every, um, I think it's the last Thursday of every month. They stay open until 8 p.m. so that people who don't get a chance to go during their daily opening hours get a chance to go in the evening and it's a really interesting museum um, you should definitely go to it but uh, we are doing uh, Tinkerbots which if you have never done oh, Tinkerbots yeah. it's like taking nuts and bolts and gears and just little metal bits and wire and creating some kind of what we would call a bot or a robot so you kind of tinker around until you have a bot and I really love it because everybody comes up with something different and uh, the we had one uh, a few weeks ago at the Industrial Museum and um, this guy was there with his two children and he spent the entire time like creating all these little wire shapes with all of the nuts and bolts and when it was finished it was this beautiful piece of flowers oh, wow. coming out of this like magnetic strip at the bottom and I was like I never would have imagined that's what it would have come up with yeah. so it was really cool to see what people make yeah absolutely I, I, and the more you're talking about the event the more I, I think it's a great event because like you said, when these children are making these bots, it's artistic and it's creative and it gets to that part that maybe maybe some classes in school you don't even get to utilize, you know. So it's Yeah. Like everybody talks about, you know, the STEM things, but yeah, we like yeah. to talk about the STEAM things because you gotta get the art in there. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And uh so you guys have the, the bots and then oh is this the the main event is the the festival you guys put on yes um so everything else that we do is basically to advertise and and get people aware that there is a festival happening um and there's two events at the festival that i would really love to mention the festival by the way is um free and open to the public and um, we have two events um that we would love to see people come out for um the first one is in the morning at 9 a.m in the attleboro public library we're going to have a welcome team Tea, where we'll have tea and pastries and it's open to the public anybody can come um, I'm gonna make some opening remarks to thank everybody for coming and then at 5 p.m. at the steps um, in front of the library we're going to do a closing ceremony where Mayor uh, Paul Haro is going to come and uh, read a statement and he's going to um, give us the key to Jewelry City so we're really excited for that to happen that's awesome good stuff um, like I said, I think it's great that there's such an art uh, background to this. Is there any, um, I know we mentioned some of the books. Are there any like, movies out there about steampunk? Um, one that I really love to mention because it's something that most people have already seen is um, Wild Wild West with Will Smith. Oh, okay. um, it's It's really great because it it really eases people into steampunk and it's very accessible and it's just a fun movie too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um I always like to introduce movies and books because I think it gives uh, our listeners a good way to, like an intro to it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I always did that with uh, some of the history stuff that we did. Um, if you're interested in books, um, the Attleboro Public Library is really great. Elise LaForge um, has been our library liaison, and um, the new executive director, Christine Johnson, has been really great and really welcoming. And um, they're going to create a bookcase of steampunk oh, books, cool. which um, they did last year 
and I think they've grown their collection for this year. So if you took one out from their last year, there's definitely going to be more to see. Um, but it's going to be right in the first lobby when you walk into the library. And I'm not sure if it's up yet. I haven't actually been this week, but um, just definitely go check it out. Awesome. And, and throughout your the, the festival, you've, it's interesting because I, I looked up to the all, there are tons of conventions throughout oh, the, yeah. the country. Mm-hmm. It's the um, do you have a favorite moment about steampunk or something that's like, oh, this is awesome. This is why I enjoy steampunk. Oh, it's it's just hard to just being there and everybody's in costume and everybody's having a good time and everyone is complimenting each other and asking them, oh, how did you yeah, make yeah. that? Who made that for you? You know, when did you make that? Did you like... Um, did you have a good time making like people just love to talk about their costumes and the stuff that they've made and um you know one thing that we do and and just started to do two years ago was we go to um boston comic-con fan expo and um we run a booth there and uh, we get to do some programming for uh for boston comic-con and it's a really good time and um you know getting to sit in on those programs where people that i know now are talking about how they made their costumes for like 45 minutes you know to do a program it's just a really fun time to just talk about the maker culture and talk about how did I do that because as soon as you are in a costume everybody's going whoa what did you do how did you do that yeah yeah I think that's important I, th- I feel like that's something that isn't around as much anymore like the maker culture like when you look at Attebro history how many inventors there were how many oh, yeah. th- different things that they were just making with their hands and mm-hmm. how it lasted so the part that I you know from talking today that I like the most is just how it uh, it gets into that creativity kind of portion of your brain and the artistic um, mm-hmm. portion. But it's wide range in that. It's not just art, though. You guys have music. And what are the other elements of steampunk that you guys... Um, um, fashion and art and literature. Um, my favorite, I mean, my favorite of anything is the comic books. I really love Lady oh, okay. Mechanica, which is kind of a, a newer comic book. Um, but if you have been reading Genius Girl, um, you've been reading steampunk for a long time (laughs) (laughs) all right is there um what are you have a favorite steampunk uh band oh i don't want to favor any of the bands we have coming i love them all (laughs) (laughs) all right um but yeah that's good you guys have the main the main festival going on is there anyone else i I know you said you like to uh, thank a couple people that Mm -hmm. were involved is there any people uh, you'd like to mention that helped along the way or continuing uh, helping you? Yeah, um, I'd love to thank the three gentlemen from the Ezekiel Bates Lodge, uh, Brian Simmons, Adam Perot, and Michael J. Dumas. They've been really great and really welcoming to us. Um, all of our performers, vendors, and volunteers, including Operation Hammond, who um, they're a really great group, and I'd love to promote them here because uh, they are a bunch of volunteers, and they're all EMT, so they're all certified, and they come and run booths at nerdy events like conventions and festivals, and um, they act as first responders. So if they um, they kind of walk around uh, throughout the festival, and they make sure that everybody's okay. And actually, last year, um, a woman did fall down, and they gave her first aid. And they're really great about it. Um, I'd also like to thank the Attleboro Cultural Council um, for uh, giving us a grant two years in a row. We'll hope for a third. <laughs> um, and the again, the Ezekiel Base Lodge, they're um, a big uh, supporter of the event. Um, but I'd also like to thank my fellow board members, um, Lindsay Davignon, who's uh, my festival co-director, who I could do nothing.
nothing without. And Amy Erickson, who we have titled the captain of the children's area because um, she is in charge of it and um, she's fantastic. And S. Matthew, uh, nicknamed Mort Aod, uh, who we call the rear admiral of the East Campus, who runs um, the music at Park Street Ale House and the Attleboro Area Industrial Museum. And we could not have this festival without him. Um, he has been a huge supporter um, from almost the very beginning. And um, we'd also like to thank our GoFundMe donors, um, Michael J. Dumas, Melissa Honig, Jennifer Hull, Peg Ferraro, and I hope I pronounced this right, Lillian Calcaterra. Um, thank you to everybody who has made our festival possible because um, it literally could not happen without you. Thank you so much. Alrighty, folks, uh, this is Heather Rockwood in studio. We'll be here until 9 o'clock talking about the Jewelry City uh, Steampunk Festival that's happening uh, this month on the 27th. Uh, we we talk, discuss a lot about the, the history behind it, the, what the event's going to entail, uh, what people can and cannot bring to the event. Uh, so stick around. We're going to talk a little bit more uh, about steampunk, uh, and then we'll have our history question that we usually ask all our guests. So stick around. We'll be right back after these messages. On October 30th at 6.30 p.m., the Center for Reconciliation will host The Hidden History of the Second Amendment, a presentation by Carl T. Bogus at Cathedral of St. John, located at 271 North Main Street in Providence. This is a free discussion on the history of the Second Amendment and how it intersects with the history of slavery in the United States. Guests will also have the opportunity to learn from local organizers about gun control activism today. Carl G. Bogus is a professor of law at the Roger Williams University School of Law. He has written and spoken extensively about both the Second Amendment and gun control policy. Okay, men, this is your time. Maybe you didn't choose this, but you're here now. You're going to go out there and be an all-star caregiver. It's up to you. So what are you going to do? You're going to go grocery shopping. Cook, clean, be there emotionally and physically. You gotta dig deeper. Drive them to physical therapy, doctor's appointments. Don't you forget about the pharmacy. I know you won't, because that's what caregivers do. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. This is your time to show the world, your family, and yourself that you're tougher than tough. Now go out there and be the best caregiver this world has ever seen. Caregiving is tougher than tough. Find the care guides you need at aarp.org slash caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Are you one of the 30 million Americans who skip breakfast every day? We don't need to remind you that skipping breakfast can have a detrimental effect on your health. The Breakfast Place, located at 187 Pleasant Street, across from the Shell gas station, has been serving their customers meals made to order for over 30 years using vegetables from local farms and cage-free eggs. Owner Casey Darconti opens the Breakfast Place every day from 7 a.m. to 1 p.m. for breakfast and lunch. And for those on the go, all meals are available for takeout. Alrighty, folks, we're back in studio. The Paul Salguero Show will be here until 9 o'clock. Uh, today's guest, we have Heather Rockwood, who is the co-director of the Jewelry City uh, Steampunk Festival here in Adderall, happening October 27th. We talked about the steampunk culture, uh, the maker's culture that they have, a little bit of the history, the event itself, the festival, what's happening, different programs that's going on. But I thought a good a good thing to add to the show would be some music that's probably related to uh, steampunk. And I was talking with Heather, and we... Uh, there's uh, 
artists called uh, Frenchie in the, in the punk. And so the, I'm going to play a song, House of Cards, by them. So uh, we'll put that on right now. Do, 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 do. folks we're back on the air the polo salguero show we're here until nine o'clock we're going to be wrapping things up uh shortly so i just wanted to introduce that that's frenchie and the punk um 
And that was House of Cards. It's kind of steampunk music, so I thought it was kind of a cool intro to give to our listeners. Uh, but we're in the studio with Heather Rockwood, who is the co-director of the Jewelry City uh, Steampunk Festival here in Attleboro, happening October 27th. Uh, Heather, we were talking off-air, and someone always told me never to keep good conversation off-air. So I'm going to take his advice. That, uh, and let's say someone's new to the steampunk, but they kind of want to be part of it. What's some... What's a good costume or what's something, uh, some good advice or tips that someone can add or make a costume that's relatively simple for them? Uh, so I am not a seamstress and uh, I do have theater roots from high school, but I was not a costume maker. So um, I do a lot of purchasing for my costumes. I don't do a lot of making, which is unfortunate. However, um, Savers is my friend and I go there often looking for costume pieces and a lot of my costume has been bought. Uh, going to festivals I buy my costume pieces there but also there's certain pieces that I bought for three dollars at Savers and you know you can be really thrifty um, something that we do with costumes um, we have a blog post about costumes and we say uh, you know slap a goggle on it and that makes it steampunk and you know there's certain tropes with steampunk and goggles and tea and top hats and um, funny ties and things like that um, are all things that you can add to your costume to make it steampunk um, we saw at Boston Comic Con this year we saw a squirrel girl who was a steampunk squirrel girl because she had goggles on uh. so um, you know it's really easy to steampunk a costume you just start um, simply and then you just add as you go it's taken me you know since 2014 to acquire the costumes that I have uh, piece by piece and little by little um, so just start with one piece that you really like or a character idea that you find really intriguing like a pirate or um, you know any kind of uh, metal worker or something like that and um, just start running with it interesting and another thing we talked about off uh, off the air too that I thought would be helpful is that uh, we were saying that st- you can't make something st- uh, what, how is it you can't make something steampunk but anything can be steampunk is that not the- everything is steampunk but everything can be steampunked. Um, I, I really love the example that um, the writings of H.P. Lovecraft is always thought of as steampunk. It's not really steampunk, but you slap a pair of goggles on Cthulhu and you, you're now steampunk. <laughs> awesome. All right, so we're going to... Um We'll mention a couple of the vendors that are going to be there for our listeners. What are some of the well, all the vendors that you, you will have at the uh, at the festival that people can attend? Yeah, I'd love to um, just give a shout out to all of our vendors um, by name: uh, Delightfully Different Handmade Jewelry, Gilded Butterfly Studio, Angel Cat Haven Feline Rescue, and if they are avail- able to, they're going to bring some cats for adoption. Oh, so cool. that should be really great. Um, Fox and Bear Cosplay, Unisys Creative. Dark Side Media, Gadgetometers, Cloak and Dagger Creations, Prunella's Workshop, The Fudge Lady, who I'm really excited about, <laughs> uh, Voltaire Design Studio, Mystic Micro Lumber, Henna Inspired, Villette's Varieties, Crow's Castle, Denny's Handmade Gifts, Inside My Cranium, Dr. Gus Designs, Light Q Creations, which I think is our um, furthest out. Uh, vendor from Maine. Oh wow! Um, Greystone Bookworks, Victoria Rose, Hacker Creations, Capes and Corsets, and new today actually is DGT D- Designs. 
And uh, I also wanted to make sure everybody knew that there's going to be food available. Um, last year we had the, the pickled willy who uh, comes a lot to the Attleboro Farmers Market. And um, they're excellent and delicious and they're going to be back this year. Uh, new to us this year is Jackson Effie Coffee Cabin. Um, they are an adorable coffee cabin on wheels with a porch where you can drink your coffee and the, they're going to be there. Um, but we have uh, two food venues, uh, the Park Street Ale, Ale House, which I have uh, mentioned before, but also the Centenary United Methodist Church has agreed to sell food out of their kitchen and they'll be starting at noon and they'll go all the way to six. Awesome. Someone can go there from the beginning and to end, and they're still going to get fed. Exactly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> awesome. Uh, all right. So, uh, again, like I mentioned before, we have um, a, a little thing that's been a part of the show is that uh, – well, first, did, did we miss anything? We covered everything, right? Um, there is one person left that I wanted to mention. Um, we uh, ha are having a celebrity guest. He's doing one program. Um, and his name is Bruce Rosenbaum. If you haven't heard about him, he has been dubbed the steampunk guru by Wall Street Journal and the steampunk evangelist by Wired Magazine. And he is a designer and a maker, and he will come to your house and steampunk it out. It oh, is wow. amazing. He was um, just on um, he was on MTV's Extreme Cribs, um, but he was just on Amazing Interiors, which if you have Netflix, you can go and watch. He's on episode eight. And it's really good. Awesome. Cool. Um, all right. Awesome. So we you usually, I, I mentioned it earlier too, we have a little thing that's been part of the show is I like to ask people uh, if you could talk to anyone from history and ask them uh, one question, who, are they, who would you want to talk to and what would you want to ask them? So the question is open to you. Who would you want to talk to and what would you want to ask them? So uh, mine takes a little bit of explaining because unless you work in revolutionary history in Boston, you probably have not heard of this character. Um, his name is James Otis Jr. And he is from Barnstable, Massachusetts. And he worked as a lawyer in Boston. And he was a mentor to John Adams. And his uh, really famous case is that he was the lawyer who argued against the writs of assistance. And um, the Writs of assistance is basically why we have um, uh, rules in place and why you know police need warrants to to search your home because it was uh, writs of assistance were something that British um, judges gave out that said that you can go and search somebody's home and you can basically rip it apart and destroy it and if you find anything that hasn't been taxed you can take it yeah. and you can take anything else in that house that you want and um you know james otis jr kind of coined the term um a man's house is his castle and he is its king yeah. and um from that idea john adams kind of formed you know the idea of search and seizure and that um you know we can't just walk into people's homes and destroy them because we don't like them because that's what was happening in boston yeah, yeah. in the 1760s um so that argument was in 1761 and um you know, through the 1760s, James Otis Jr., his mental state started to deteriorate um, all the way up to a point where he was just ranting. You know, he was very eloquent. He gave a four-hour speech against the writs of assistance that noted other cases that went to, um, you know, other time periods and mentioned Greeks. And he was, um, you know, really eloquent. But as the 1760s went on, he just got more and more kind of out there and loopy and crazy until um, they couldn't have him as a legend legislator anymore because he was a legislator with John Adams and Samuel Adams and everybody there and um, 
eventually his family um, kind of gave them to gave him to a friend and the friend kind of took care of him in Andover Massachusetts and while he was living there um, he wrote to his sister Mercy Otis Warren that I shall die in a flash of light and he was killed by lightning that struck him in the doorway of that home and um, so my question to him would be as a as a dead historical figure is um, did he did he like that he guessed what his death would be? And <laughs> yeah. because, um, you know, he's such an interesting character, but I think to me his death is the most interesting thing about him that he he predicted his yeah, death yeah. and how it would happen. Like, did he actually know or was he just <laughs> saying, like, I'm so important, I must die in a flash of light? Yeah, that's a good one. That's yeah. a good story. Um, all right. Do you have any uh, last things you'd like to, to mention or cover before uh, we wrap it up? No, I'd just like to say that... Um, if you're curious about steampunk or not curious about steampunk, um, the festival is going to be a really fun time. Everybody is welcome to it. It's open. It's free to the public. And I hope everybody um, in Attleboro comes and checks out at least a little part of it. Absolutely. And what's the website again for the, the festival? JewelryCitySteampunk.com. Awesome. There you have it, folks. All right. That's going to wrap it up for uh, today's show. Uh, next week, we're going to have a couple representatives from Bristol Community College. We're going to give advice to families and kind of explain the admissions process, uh, financial aid, tips and advice how to go through the financial aid process applying for it receiving it and then we'll talk about the missions actually applying to school and, and the steps for families for the that, that'll be from seven to eight and from eight to nine we'll have uh state senator uh, state senate candidate uh, jacob ventura who's a republican candidate running and we'll talk about his candidacy kind of what, what his views are what he wants to see happen in the city and whatnot so uh again heather thank you for coming in today yeah and, thanks uh, for having me oh my pleasure Alrighty, folks that's going to wrap it up for us for the paul Seguro show we'll be here next week again from seven to nine o'clock and uh we'll we'll talk to you then have a good evening <laughs>